SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. College football and NFL back on your TV dial tonight, depending on where you're watching, of course. We've got the Buccaneers taking on the Chicago Bears. Houston playing their first game of the 2020 season. All kinds of COVID issues with them. They're going to play tonight at home against Tulane. Of course, we're waiting on word as to what the Tennessee Titans will end up doing coming up this Sunday. Uh, Major League Baseball starting in about an hour from now. And Joe, the pressure is on for the Miami Marlins. This is it. They've had their backs up against the wall the entire season. They had 18 players go out with COVID-19, but they have not been in a position where they have to win or they go home. And that's what they're up against today in the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, they absolutely are. This is a big deal. And look, yeah, I think you got to give some credit to Pablo Lopez yesterday. He pitched admirably. Uh, he kept them in that game. You don't score your runs. It's hard to win baseball games. I can't wait to see Sixto today. I'm a big, big fan of the Sixto Sanchez. I am very bullish on him next year. In fact, I think this is the perfect storm of getting to see enough of a player that you're confident in going into 2021, but not too much of a player that all of a sudden everybody and their mother is all in on him and ready to just throw caution to the wind and bid aggressively. So it is the perfect storm in 2021 for all the Sixto Sanchez shares. But today is a big game for him and obviously for the Marlins. So hopefully they can avoid the sweep today. We shall see. All right, let's get to our headlines for today. The NFL tonight will have Buccaneers and Bears. We'll get some inactives a little bit later. Make sure you tune in to Scott Farrell as he goes coast to coast. He'll give you all of those inactives for tonight's game, Tampa Bay at Chicago. Jamal Adams not going to play again for Seattle. Does it really matter at this point? Doesn't matter who Seattle plays on defense. Russell Wilson is good enough to get them to a win. I suppose it matters for the spread. So, yeah, I, I guess that that is relevant. Uh, Missouri Tigers uh, were going to play against LSU at LSU. They moved the game to play this one in Missouri, and the line has moved quite a bit from LSU minus 21 to LSU minus 14. Tigers haven't looked that good at the start of the season, so interesting. I've seen some people uh, taking Mizzou even plus the 14. It'll be an interesting game. Uh, Dodgers, uh, Dave Roberts, wow, in a big spot, pulled Kenley Jansen. Maybe his closer reign is potentially mm -hmm. over. I'm not sure. I don't really think Joe Kelly is better than Kenley Jansen, but Kenley has been... Probably baseball's National League version. And then, look, there's only one Mariano, but he has been the National League version of Mariano for a decade. And, and this is crazy to think that it could be over for him. Maybe next year, who knows? And then, as we mentioned, the Braves can wrap up the National League Division Series today. And so that's where we start off with here uh, on the show, certainly. And uh, look, I, I think that anytime you have Tom Brady on TV, greatest player of all time in terms of quarterback, if it's maybe him or Montana, depending on how you see it. Very similar to LeBron James playing. It, it, no matter what the matchup is, Joe, even if the Bucks were playing Atlanta, you, you'd want to see it. And, and I think that that mm -hmm. gives you more of a reason to watch tonight's game. For me, it'll be a, a mix of baseball and football for sure, but I'm very happy that the NBA took two days off and they're going to play tomorrow night in, uh, in what could be the final game of that season. Look, I've been entertained by every Thursday night game this year for different reasons. But entertained nonetheless. I was entertained massively by the Jets and Broncos, especially in the fourth quarter of that game last week. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to be entertained, hopefully, by this game also. And speaking of the Dodgers closer situation, our good friend Paul Sporer tweeted something out. 
What about Dustin May being the potential closer of the Dodgers? Maybe not now, but maybe sooner than later. Any thoughts on that? A guy that certainly has good stuff, as they like to say in the business, but uh, maybe not so good the second and third time through the order and also has had some issues staying healthy. So what do you think about Dustin May potentially lined up for that role going forward? Yeah, it's a it's it's a possibility. But what teams have done is, you know, those were great conversations to have 10 years ago. And I don't Mm -hmm. think that Paul is wrong in mentioning that. But the issue that we have is now instead of doing that, what teams are doing is they'll make Dustin May a three inning starter, you know, and make him an opener and then bring in relief after that. And that and that's the way the game has changed so significantly, where in general, where you saw a player like that. And you thought, like, McCullough still, to me, is a guy like that. Like, I, I could see that. But then again, sure. they could just have him a couple of innings and then bring in some relievers like uh, like, like Josh James or Ryan Presley or, or Christian Javier, who's now a starter. And so that's the way – the Rays' way has sort of changed the way that teams do things. And so 10 years ago, it would be an easy, oh, this is perfect. This is what you do with him. Like, as an example, what the Cardinals did with Alex Reyes. They moved him into the bullpen. Uh, the Cardinals also moved Carlos Martinez into the bullpen. Mm-hmm. But since May can pitch three innings without fail or five innings without fail, we saw it on opening night. We saw it throughout September. If you have a guy that can do it, why would you put him just in the night to throw one yeah. inning? And I think that's the question that the Dodgers have to ask. And also, full transparency, I'm not completely f- uh, familiar with their farm system. Maybe they have nobody coming up. Maybe they have three or four guys coming up. It's something I'll have to take uh, take a look into uh, you know, going into next year to see. I think that's a big part of it also. And I don't know the answer to that. I know Urias could definitely join the rotation at some point. But oh, I yeah, they seem, think he's a rotation they, guy. They I think that, with, yeah, well, he, you know, something you said just sparked maybe putting on the tinfoil hat for a moment, if I may. Do you think this evolution, and I'm using the air quotes of evolution of pitching and using guys for three innings and this and that, is is a way to start to condense the market a little bit down for pitching and pay these guys less over time? Because it certainly seems like the game is evolving and guys are pitching less innings and probably going to make less money as they continue to do so. Well, it's worked for Tampa Bay. So if mm-hmm. it works for the Rays and they're not paying their guys, uh, then why wouldn't other teams emulate what they're doing? I think the Red Sox are headed right in that direction starting next <laughs> You're not wrong. You're going to see a lot of openers with them and a lot of middle relievers. And I had a, I've had a chance to see Tampa Bay pitch. I could probably give you 10 names of guys that I've seen that are not household names, but have been huge factors for them this year and mm-hmm. in the past and so, and, and getting paid nothing. So because of that, I think we'll copy them unless they're old school. Some teams are like that as well. Coming up next, who won a million bucks on FanDuel? Stay tuned. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Each and every week here on Fantasy Sports Today, we love to present winners to you here. And our winner of the million dollars on FanDuel last week is our new friend, Mike Stauffer. You can follow him on Twitter, at 2KStauff, that's S-T-A-U-F-F, and he joins us now here to talk about being the million-dollar winner last Sunday uh, over on FanDuel. Mike, thank you so much for coming on Fantasy Sports today. It is great to see you. How are you? How are you feeling? <laughs> I'm feeling great. Thanks for having me. I'm just super excited. Uh, the past couple of days feel so surreal, unbelievable. 
uh, feel so lucky <laughs> and just still still kind of in shock about yeah, everything. I, 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 I bet, you know, you know, sometimes, Mike, we, we have people on who play a lot on FanDuel and who win a lot on FanDuel. But your story is really great because. Uh, you don't win a lot, as you said, and and, th- and this is and this is like you know you go into this thing and you you know you start off on a Sunday. So I, I, I suppose before we catch up to now, let's go back to it. You're building a lineup. I'm assuming on Saturday, and you hit the submit button on Sunday. What goes into the thought process for you? Well, so, so this week was such a weird week for me because normally I do spend the whole week thinking about my lineups, but unfortunately with. Uh, all the positive COVID testing this week. I was I was purposely waiting a little bit closer to kick off to kind of get a better idea of what the ownership percentages might be this week and to really uh, have as much information as I possibly could. So Sunday morning was a, a bit stressful trying to get as much research done as I could before the games, but it was uh, uh, exciting to be, be able to submit a lineup that, that ended up being so great. Yeah, no, and, and definitely was the case. I, I mean, if, if a Dallas Cowboys quarterback is going to throw for 500 yards, I guess that gets you off to a good start, right? I mean, that, once you see that, you know you got a good shot at winning some money. But again, you got to build it with other players. And, and who are some of the other players that you built it with? Well, I'm so I'm actually a Browns fan, so it was kind of interesting. It was a, a game I was really heavy on just as a fan. And uh, I thought, you know, with the Browns scoring so many points the past couple of weeks against a couple of, you know, suspect defenses, it felt like a game that just really stood out to me. So I had a, I had multiple lineups with that stack in there with a double stack on the Cowboys and, and Odell running it back. And, uh, and then I just kind of stuck with uh, something that I do a lot and just went with some home running backs, uh, some some games that I liked. I liked Dalvin Cook, even though that was a road game against the Texans. They, they've been struggling to stop the run, so... The lineup just came together very well. Uh, stacked the defense with 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 Cook in, yeah. in a week where the defense. De- luckily, there wasn't really a defense that went went off this week. There were no like big uh, touchdown scoring defenses. So you know, it was just crazy to see everything come into play on Sunday. Yeah, and and, and look, when we look at your lineup here, you had Prescott, Davis, Mixon had the game of his life. Uh, Lamb had a great game. Beckham, we're going to get to here in a second. Amari Cooper. Uh, Andrews, Dalvin Cook, and of course you stacked it with the Minnesota Vikings. But you said you're a Browns fan. And look, let's be honest, Mike. No one could ever predict that even with, I'm sorry, even with Cleveland going up against Dallas, that that Beckham would have done what he did. Uh, I I, I got to tell you, he has been a, I'm sure you know too, he's been a massive disappointment both in fantasy and reality. But if this guy could just do half of this every week in DFS, people would be very happy. <laughs> Well, you know, as a Browns fan, you always have to be optimistic. So I it just I'm just so ecstatic with the three and one start and seeing them kind of put things together this year that I I, I believe that they're going to be great again every week. They, they, they every time there's a game like this, they just get all of Cleveland so excited. And uh, seeing that on Sunday was great. I mean, there were points during the game the, during the slate where I'm so used to losing. I didn't think there was really a chance I was ever going to win the million dollars that I was kind of scared. I was kind of rooting against Dak and rooting against my lineup because I just want to see the Browns win. So, right. And then the Odell hit that reverse for a touchdown. I was like, wait a minute, this is uh, this is getting kind of serious now. I might actually might actually be onto something with this lineup. So it was a it was a roller coaster of emotions when uh, when that game was going back and forth. I'll tell you that. I I can't imagine what the last five minutes of this must have been like for you, Mike. Where. I mean, I can only picture myself, and I can't even picture myself, like, refreshing, refreshing, is this really happening? Am I sure? Like, are you sure there wasn't a glitch? Like, am I really a millionaire here? Like, what were the emotions like in the last couple of minutes? 
Well, I mean, you know, the whole I was luckily I was in he- in in, a, in the lead after the 1 p.m. game. So the 4 p.m. games where I, I actually like left my house. I went for a walk. I had no players in the 4 p.m. Sl- uh, the slate of games at all. So had to get away, stop watching Red Zone for a little bit, take a couple deep breaths, went, went for a walk with my wife and daughter. And then I, uh, the person in second place said uh, he was he was tight on my tail with Darren Waller. So I was watching Darren Waller every play. It was the weirdest way I've ever watched a football game. I focused on one player, just <laughs> watched every route he ran. Uh, couldn't believe Derek Carr didn't throw him the ball more, but I'm so super thankful for that. Might have to buy a Derek Carr jersey with, with some of the money. Uh, it, it was a crazy Sunday, and all, everybody I know is reaching out to me, like all my family and friends. Uh, it was crazy. It was it was one of the coolest days of my life, that's for sure. Oh, I'm sure. Now, now, what does your wife think about all this? Because I'm look, I, I know with my wife, you know, I, I guess we could call it frivolous money. Honestly, like for me, I'm married, I have two kids, and you know, when I throw money at different things, the great thing is, you know, I'm sure like you I have a great relationship with my wife, so it's not like I'm getting questioned or anything like that. But of course, you get that little eye roll a little bit when you spend money. What is she thinking now that you made your family a million dollars just for playing? <laughs> Dak Prescott. <laughs> yeah, to be honest with you, I'm not sure she had any idea that I that I was playing FanDuel like this. <laughs> she watched, <laughs> Obviously, she watches me watching sports, and she, she's a, she's a trooper. She's she toughs it out with me, watches the game. She loves the Browns too. Uh, and I didn't really say much, you know, during the 1 p.m. games. I took a screenshot that I was in first and sent it to my buddies, thinking, "Oh, this is cool. I'll brag that I I was in first place at the million dollar contest for a little bit," and then. As things started getting serious, uh, she knew who she had to root against in the 4 p.m. games. All of a sudden, it became a little bit more serious, and it was a uh, it was a really fun day for both of us. It was it was exciting. I I don't think she even believed it after it happened. I don't think she <laughs> even even to this day. I don't think she really believes any of this happened. But it's uh it's real. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think your story is so great, Mike, because for some people who play a lot on DFS, certainly it is a big deal, and it's, like, pseudo-life-changing, but I'm guessing for you, this is, like, really life-changing. Like, this is going to alter... It it probably won't alter who you are. I mean, if you're a Browns fan, you're going to stay a Browns fan, and and certainly, you know, you live your life the way you're going to live, but anybody that wins a million dollars doing anything definitely has a change in in their life in some way, and I'm guessing that's going to be like that for you. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's, I mean, I still wake up and like, and it's only been a couple of days, but I pinched myself thinking that uh, I'll be able to pay for my daughter's college without having to stress and, and, you know, just things like that as, uh, as things go forward. And uh, it's, it's, it's very surreal. It's, it's, it's hard to believe, but uh, it's definitely going to be, uh, you know, life-changing. Like you said, there's just, yeah. It's great. Sure. <laughs> now, uh, for people who don't know, who don't follow you on Twitter at Two K Stuff on Twitter, uh, you are uh, in charge of player ratings at NBA Two K, and and I'm guessing, uh, given what we talked about before the show, you love absolutely love uh, working for NBA Two K and doing that. And you've said that you're staying. You're not. Oh, you're not. Man. You're not doing the uh, the LeBron show about free agency. You're going to. You're staying with NBA Two K, and 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 I know that you've said so much. Uh, how thankful you were to have that, to, and still to have that job with them. It's great, right? Oh yeah, I'm I'm honestly living living the dream in, in more than one way right now. It's it's it was a dream job of mine forever, and uh, 
And nothing's changed in that regard. I'm so happy, uh, you know, to have my job and to be uh, working hard to, you know, make fun video games for people. So, uh, you know, li life's great. I'm I'm so blessed to have won this won this contest, and I feel very blessed to, you know, be able to continue working at my job and and uh, and yeah, have fun watching sports and 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 yeah, it's just it's. Life couldn't be much better in this moment, that's for sure. Well, congratulations, Mike. We love to hear these great stories about winners, especially those who have it unexpected. And and Mike is, is you know super transparent with this, saying he's lost a lot <laughs> through the years just playing as a regular dude on FanDuel. And now he's uh, he's a winner of a million dollars. And uh, certainly when the Miami Heat season starts up next year and I'm disappointed with the rankings, I know where to go to uh, to complain about it on uh, on NBA 2K. Uh, Mike, thank you so much uh, for coming on Fantasy Sports today. Again, congratulations. Thank you so much for telling your story to us. And best of luck on FanDuel the rest of the season. Well, I, thank you so much. I do have to add one thing. My wife did want me to say that we do a uh, – family and friends uh FanDuel fantasy league that's season long and she she wanted me to let you guys know that she beat me this week so no. congrats congratulations with all in all you're, you're the big winner regardless of this you cashed in twice okay? i have to shout out my my cousins and family that beat me in in FanDuel this week uh in, in other contests so i just had to make sure that they, they got it out there they got a shout out all right mike thanks for coming on the show really appreciate it Thank you so much. All right, Mike Stauffer with us. We'll be back with more fantasy sports today. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports today as we get ready for a little fantasy reality, a little baseball coming up here at the top of the hour and football as well. Let's give you a preview of the American League games that are set to go off today. And there are two of them, of course, and it could be deciding games for two teams. Both Houston and Tampa Bay are in positions to move on to the American League Championship Series, but will they? That's the question that everybody wants to know. So let's start off with the 305 Eastern game, and we just got word about 40 minutes ago that the Astros are indeed going to start Zach Greinke today. Greinke, mm. who was reported to have an issue and, and maybe not even be available for the American League Division Series. They're unclear as to how many innings he may end up pitching. But he will pitch today for Houston. And they are minus 110 against Oakland. Oakland's pitcher today is Frankie Montas. The Astros lead the series two games to one. But really, the story is is Oakland basically up against the wall for the second straight series coming through. And the guy that really led them to that win last night, yes, while Chad Pinder hit the home run, was Liam Hendricks, who pitched out of the bullpen. He's a closer and threw three innings in that mm -hmm. game. Basically said to his manager, do not take me out of the game. I do not want to come out of the game. And talked about that last night with the media. In previous games, it was one of those things that happened against the White Sox in Game Three there as well. I think it's one of those one of those things where if we don't win, we go home. I think everyone's got that little bit of a uh, little bit extra drive. So watching that, I mean, I was warming up in the bullpen when that um, when that when he hit that. Uh, so obviously, I, but the reaction from the bullpen was exultation. I mean, you could say it's just a obviously everything is happy, but that's it's a whole new ball game. It takes the, it takes the game back to zero zero, and we're going out there with uh, with the guys, and we trust our bullpen over everything. 
And, and look, some teams take on that personality, Joe. They they try to find ways to motivate themselves. You see it with every team. They carry a chip on their shoulder in some way. Oakland's chip is basically when you push up us up against the wall, we're going to win. But that's going to have to be the case for the next two days. They're going to have to win basically three straight games to end up winning this series. With uh, with Houston having Greinke on the mound today, very unclear as to what he will be today. That's for sure. No, absolutely. And uh, to the last point on that clip, too, I mean, no manager in his right mind will get in a fight trying to take uh, Hendricks out of that game. Don't ever, ever get in a fight with an Aussie. Uh, it's just a bad idea, man. Those guys are tough. Believe me. I've, I've uh, met uh, movie enough of them in my <laughs> well, look, I, I have known and taught enough fighting to uh, some international students in my life and the Australians and the ones from Denmark. They are tougher than most, let me tell you. <laughs> I don't know where or how that happens. And those Canadians as well, but they grow up fighting, so it's a whole different thing. But today's game is fascinating because Frankie Montas was one of my favorite pitchers going into this season, and it was an absolute unmitigated disaster for him this year, without a doubt. And he basically can redeem all of that bad stuff that happened during the regular season if he pitches well today. And that is the beauty of baseball is that redemption. And I think this is going to be fascinating to see just what Zach Greinke goes out there because, Craig, I don't know about you, but if Zach Greinke goes out there and he throws an inning and comes out of this game hurt, to me, all the air just completely goes out of the Houston Astros bubble, and I would be very concerned about them going forward and even winning this series if they'd had to go to that society game here, which obviously it would be. But to me, that would be just devastating because you and I both know Momentum is the most important thing in these series. And when you lose a piece like that or there's an injury to your ace or the best pitcher on your team, sometimes the air goes out of the balloon. It's very difficult to pump it back up. Yeah, I think the problem is, Joe, is that if I asked you who should Houston start, you can't give me an answer. And that's really where they're no. at. They don't, have it. they don't have anyone else. So it's, right. it's, not a matter, it's not a matter of that. It's a matter of they're desperate. They're in a tough situation. It would be bullpenning it the entire way. And in terms of Frankie Montas, uh, look, I mean, he certainly could pitch well today. And if he does, I don't agree with that statement at all. He was terrible all year long. I don't think it makes up for anything that he did during the regular season, especially for fantasy. He was a, he was a, he was horrible. Oh, well, it doesn't make up for his fantasy shortcomings, but I'm talking about for the athletics. I mean, if you step if up and have a big game here against the Astros, I'm thinking. Uh, no, but I'm just saying if he should show up today and by the grace of God go six and two thirds and, and give up two runs and they get a W here in a huge game and they end up winning the series, it's a huge moment for him. And I'm not saying it salvages what happened in fantasy by any stretch of the means. It doesn't. And in fact, it is really concerning and it makes you wonder what's really been going on with him. Is there health issues? What's really happening with him? Because I understand what the PED suspension was a lot of cloud and people thought, but then we came back at the end of two years ago, he looked exactly like the guy before he left. So I didn't understand why there would be any speculation or any worries or concerns going into this year. So health is definitely a question for Frankie Montas right now. There's no doubt about that. He's had a couple of health issues here and he has not been healthy this year and he hasn't performed this year. So what I'm saying is from the A's perspective, you go out there and you throw a big start here against Zach Greinke and the Astros and you win this game and the potential go on to win this series, I'm saying it makes up for some of the sins of the season, of the regular season at least. Yeah, and he was one of the American League's worst pitchers all year. So, uh, look, he, he all he all he can do is, is pitch better. He can't pitch any worse. I think his ERA was close to six, if I'm not mistaken. This it was year. terrible. It was, just, it was absolutely terrible. Yeah, he, and he got he bounced. Pitch well. he, got, he, he got bumped from a couple starts. And then there were, I remember it was one time, it was in the middle of the season, where he got bumped from a start, if you recall. And then they brought him back a little soon. 
and then it just got worse from then on. And it was it was weird. It's like he's never gotten right. I, I again, I think it's some sort of underlying injury he's trying to pitch through in some fashion, and that's never a good thing. And it's something that always hurts us fantasy folks because you know we we can't get a roster spot for you, and you have to bench him, and you end up cutting people like that, and you have draft capital invested in people like that, and that's it's a very difficult position to be put in, but. Hopefully next year he'll be uh, you know healthy enough, but certainly he has gone way down draft boards and rightfully so. Yeah, no, a lot of people liked him going into the year, but he just was not uh, he was not good. Uh, well, we'll see today. We'll see. I, I don't think either of these teams have a choice at this point, and who even knows who they would start tomorrow? That that's probably even the bigger question. But well, what are you let's doing move tomorrow? You free? Maybe you could go uh, grab a glove, get loose. You know, I, I mean, at this point, I mean, Houston maybe starts Mike Scott. Oakland starts Dave Stewart. I mean, that's, Mike that's basically Scott. what I'm. I you know what? I am forty something years old now. You still say Mike Scott? I get mad. I just, as a Mets fan, I just get straight up angry. It's like about that. It's like a trigger word. You know, it's like that weird thing where you get a trigger, like in the military, like they train you as an assassin or something like that. That would be my word. Mike Scott, you would. Yeah, I, would, I was actually referring to Michael Scott of Dunder Mifflin. That's who I was referring oh, to. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's a little different then. That, I, I, that guy's a joy. Yeah. <laughs> 7-10 Eastern. The Yankees are on the brink, but they are favored today against the Tampa Bay Rays. Rays are going to use Ryan Thompson as their opener. We're going to see probably several pitchers pitch for them. But does it matter? That is the question. Because if the Rays are going to hit the Yankees pitching like they did, and they have, it doesn't matter how many home runs Stan hits. It doesn't matter how many home runs Judge hits or what LeMahieu does. They're getting outslugged, and and this is a team that's supposed to be outslugging their opponent. Nothing would surprise me in this game. I could definitely see New York coming out with the win. Montgomery clearly can pitch four or five innings. He's he he, he has that in him to be able to do it. So I, I guess it'll be all bets are off. I know Kevin Cash after the game last night. I don't know if he did this to sort of get in the Yankees' heads or not. It was really interesting that he said that he wouldn't be surprised to see the Yankees either at the last minute or at some point during the game uh, put Garrett Cole in in game four. So I don't know if he was sort of challenging the Yankees to do that, because guess what? If the Yankees did that, who in the world would they pitch in game five, right? They have nobody. So uh, that the Rays would love for them. (laughs) The Rays would love for them to throw Garrett Cole in this game and eliminate him from game five tomorrow. The Rays would be huge favorites. It didn't matter who they have. So uh, a lot of interesting words going back and forth with these two teams. And, and certainly look, the Yankees on the FanDuel Sportsbook right now, minus 135 tells you that while they're not an overwhelming favorite, they're enough a favorite that it shouldn't shock anyone if they do push this to five games. Yeah, I know. It feels like the Rays have the Yankees on tilt a little bit right now. <laughs> I mean, just there seems to be a, a confidence and a swagger with the Rays all season. And, um, you know, despite some of the injuries they've had, they lost Charlie Morton for a good chunk of the season. Obviously, it was slow to get Tyler Glass now back up and, and running. But, you know, especially in the month of September there, I mean, they had a lot of series back and forth. There were a couple home and homes there. And the Rays just really stuck it to them. And the Rays just are very confident against the New York Yankees. They've been battling them all throughout this 60-game season. They're battling right now. And I think with the Yankees sometimes it's an intimidation factor. And I don't see that at all with the Rays. They are not intimidated by the Yankees, and that makes them very, very dangerous, in my opinion. So, to me, I think they might have their number. I would love to see this. I would love to see a Rays upset. The Rays were my pick going into this year to win that division. I did not think that they could win a World Series, but I thought they would get into the playoffs at the very least. I thought they could win the East. They did. But, man, this would be quite a story to beat the giant payroll Yankees and 
what a story it would be for Major League Baseball, too. I'm sure from a rating standpoint, the Rays are not exactly what Major League Baseball wants to move on. But you know what? I like a good underdog, and I think the Rays are that. And this is 2020, and stranger things have happened. Let's have some fun here. 2020 is the upside down. And when it comes to the upside down, I can't think of a more upside down franchise to go and lead it to a World Series in Major League Baseball than the Tampa Rays, after all. I mean, look, uh, uh, how many household names are on the Tampa Bay Rays, Craig, that you could ask the just generic sports fan, hey, who plays for the Rays? You think they could name one? But yeah, probably not. They they don't have a lot of those guys. And 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 look, they, they to me, are being – they're the team right now that everybody wants to be. A low payroll, a lot of winning – and they're really right on the doorstep here, but let's let's not slow our roll here on the Yankees. Remember, they can get hot for one game. They they it's really hard at this point because we haven't seen it outside of Cole. If they get one good start from a from a starting pitcher, like a six inning, two I know, one but start, is Jordan Montgomery that guy? I don't think so. Jordan Montgomery hasn't been that guy either. No, he hasn't. But if if they win nine eight today, guess who's favored to win the series tomorrow? It's the Yankees. That, Garrett Cole. Yeah. Well. Right. Well. Duh. Yeah. This is it. This is, this is big time right here. Big time. Big time. And so, I, you know what? Like I said, those Rays just—they're not scared. They are not afraid of the Yankees, and I love it. I think that's great. It's really entertaining stuff to watch. And like you said, you know, from these from the Yankee standpoint, you're finally getting the Stanton series you've always dreamed of. And if it's all for naught at the end of the day, oh, how depressing is that? Reminds me of Miami. Same situation. Not much different. <laughs> no winning. Not a home run. All right, coming up next, it's time for Fantasy or Reality, so make sure you stay tuned. We'll have more on Randy Arose Arena. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Sports Grid 60 is coming up next, and on tomorrow's show, when you tune in, you can catch Jim Sanis, who will help us out a little bit on the DFS side, see if we can build a million-dollar lineup for someone on FanDuel, and we'll bring on our winner from that coming up next week right here on Sports Grid and SportsGrid.com. In addition to that, we're in Week 5 of the Super Contest. Howard Bender and I will go over all of the potential selections over 500 finally last week to 3-2 and two gets us back to 500 for the season. We'll see if we could do a little bit better this week as that challenge goes on. But, of course, the games will be limited once again going into the weekend as Tom Pelissaro reports uh, more potential indiscretions for the uh, Tennessee Titans in terms of, of them working out and all that stuff. But we, we really don't know where we're at here as we're ending the show today. I thought we would have clarity. I was texting with somebody earlier who told me that by – Two o'clock, we would have some, but certainly we don't. So I'm assuming by tomorrow we will. So let's start off here with the Titans here on Fantasy Reality. The Titans should have to forfeit on Sunday, Joe. Fantasy Reality there. Start there. <laughs> it's looking more and more like a reality for this one. And uh, it's frustrating. And, and I understand I understand it comes from a place of competitive nature, right? I mean, these guys, it's not because they're trying to necessarily break the rules and be badasses or or disregard things. It's becoming because they, they want to work together. They want to make sure that they're ready to go when things are going. And that hyper-competitive nature is great, except, except for the fact that if indeed all of this is true and it ends up becoming a forfeit, right, and we're getting closer and closer to that possibility, it's about health and public safety. It's about 
uh, the people on the other side of the football, not just your team. It's about the other people that work in the organization. And I, and I just think it's the, um, it's the arrogance and the ignorance and the combination of those two things when you mix it with a competitive nature. And it all kind of goes south. And for me, looking at the Titans situation here, yeah, I think they should end up forfeiting this game if all these things do become true. What's terrible, though, is the rule that I guess got agreed upon that if there was a forfeiture, that no teams would get paid. So the Buffalo Bills wouldn't get their paycheck, wouldn't get their game check this week for this game, which seems kind of odd to me. Like, I don't get that. Like, why do the Buffalo Bills have to get penalized for this? But, man, if I was the Bills (laughs) of those players right now, I would be pissed off if it comes to this craig and i think it also if i'm josh allen i'd be pissed off too because i am on the precipice of being in the mvp conversation now all of a sudden you take a game away from me where i can perform man that is really difficult i think it's it's very tough all the way around and i think it's getting more and more likely that the reality is that the titans will forfeit this game it just seems to be going in that direction craig what do you think here's what i think a lot of things First of all, all, let me say this. There's a reason, excuse me, on the uh, on the NFL network side in particular, in my opinion, that all of this is getting leaked. And as a reporter who does this, I can tell you without question, the NFL is pushing this and trying to push this all on Tennessee. And and to some degree, it is probably their fault. But this is no different than Miami and St. Louis in the sense that. The likelihood is, is that this could have happened to any team. Any team was not following proper protocols. And the people who don't know are the people that are yelling and screaming that the Titans should be banned and they should forfeit and they should not get paid. The truth is, as I tried to explain to you, Joe, before the season started, is and the NFL should be supremely embarrassed with the way that they've handled this and that they have not watched what happened to Major League Baseball and, and decided to police these players. It is the only way to play the full season. They cannot police themselves. The Marlins could not. The Cardinals could not. Then all of a sudden, what do they do? They bring in MLB security to every single hotel on the road. You cannot even leave the hotel. No one had no one had to be bubbled up. I, I don't think that that had to be the case. But you basically were on the honor system to assume that these players were not going to do the wrong thing. And it was a huge mistake. It still is a huge mistake. So... The NFL's easy thing to do at this stage is to just start leaking stuff about how the Tennessee Titans weren't following protocol. It's all on them. It's all on them. It's all on them. Okay, we'll see. Guess what? The Raiders had a party, right? Did they? I mean, are we talking about that, or did they just get lucky that a lot of their guys didn't test positive? The New England Patriots quarterback is out. The New England Patriots defensive MVP is out. You can keep trying to make the Titans a martyr for all of this and say, you know, they're the reason or whatever the case may be. But the reality is, is that it could happen to anybody and it could happen to another team as well. They should not have to forfeit on Sunday. They should be able to play their game later on in the season. The NFL should take a deep look at this and say, we screwed up. We didn't really prepare enough and we didn't police the guys the way that we should. Bills and Titans should play in a week 18 scenario when the season is over to push back the playoffs and push back the Super Bowl and take responsibility for your own, for policing in your own house. That's my well, here's a question. Here, here's I, I agree with you. It's it's I agree with the, with the thought process you have. My question back to you is when they tell you then, hey, part of the policing is everybody go home and don't come back for two weeks and don't gather together for two weeks. Everybody quarantine for two weeks. And then you break that rule that they set forth that they've policed. How is it not on the Titans then to a certain extent? It, it, it is on them to take away draft picks and find them not to forfeit a game. That's on the NFL. 
All right, fair enough. I mean, what do you think is the worst punishment? It's an, it's an opinion I have, and, and what's, a, what's and the worst like punishment? I, I mean, I suppose losing draft picks next year is probably huge. If they lose a first round pick, I would suppose that that's bigger than one game. No. They lose a player. They lose. I, I, I honestly don't know. That's why I asked the question. It wasn't a trick yeah. question. It was. It was a legitimate question. I don't know for the Titans who were in the playoffs last year and on the precipice of being in the Super Bowl. They got real close to it. I mean, losing a game right now in a forfeiture, the way the season is going, this is a huge bummer for them. I mean, this is really a no, terrible scenario for them. A draft, pick, a draft pick is definitely worse because they lose a okay. player. They lose the ability to have a player who's a superstar that they're not going to have a chance to have for the next five or ten years. We don't know if they'll get that right, that's for sure. But a well, game a game situation, <laughs> there's no fans. You're not losing any money. There's no. You're not getting paid anyway to have these games. You're getting your no, TV but you're contract. Losing, no, but on the back end, if you miss the playoffs by a game because of a forfeiture game, then all of a sudden you're not getting playoff money. We all know that there's playoff money attached to those players and for those teams that uh, make uh, the playoffs. Of course, in the of, course they, of course they is, but the Titans are a franchise, and, and I think losing a first uh, – to me, again, my opinion is losing a first-round pick uh, is, is way worse. Well, I don't disagree. I, like I said, it was a legit question I asked because I, I don't know the answer. Yeah, yeah no, I, I don't know either, but that's what they chose to do to Houston and – and everyone seems to think that that was at least the right thing to do. But again, this is, this is the NFL's. This is the NFL's problem here. I'm not saying that the NFL is bad. I'm thrilled that they're on. I'm thrilled that we have content to talk about. But again, the notion, Joe. Again, with all due respect to you, once a week, all that stuff. Come on, man. Like, I mean, this is it's going to happen no, again. I mean, I, 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 I think it could have been easier. Bad. No, I, I don't think. I, I think it could have been easier. The NFL could have made it easier. They should have been policing everybody the same way MLB was. They had less games to play. They had one travel a week. All of those but elements they did not. are absolutely positive. They did not. But their failure is still their failure. But it doesn't mean the logic behind why they could succeed was bad. It's the application and execution of that logic that is failing the NFL right now. It's not the purpose. Right. It's not the logic behind it. No, it's no, the lack no, of execution it, behind it. it. It's not. But But the reasoning behind why you thought this wouldn't happen was incorrect. Bottom line, it was incorrect. And thinking the games are once a week and the guys are going to be able to take care of themselves and they're not going to have to travel as much and the games aren't every day, it was incorrect. Bottom line, man. I mean, I'm sorry. Well, at least it's I just, got Kareem just, Hunt right. So at least it wasn't a total yeah. loss so far. Yeah. You got you. Con congratulations. All the all the people hey. who watch the show, they have, they have Kareem Hunt. You got that right. Okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to all leave right. on a higher uh, note here. We got two more of these to go. <laughs> all right. Uh, Randy Arena of the Tampa Bay Rays is having an unbelievable postseason. And we talked about him a little bit earlier in the show. But now the question becomes, what will fantasy owners look at him like in 2021? So I struggled with this one. I, I couldn't really come up with a good comp. I think that I'm going to be way off on this one, but we'll take a shot at it here. Randy Arozarena will be drafted higher than Jordan Alvarez in 2021 of the Houston Astros, who's hurt, who had a good year two years ago. So... I don't know if this is a great comp, draft comp yet. We're not even close to being able to put ADP together yet, but I'll just throw no. this fantasy around. <laughs> well, guess what? Uh, some of us are, because some of us are already writing the Baseball Black Book 2021. So uh, that's already begun process. So I can't answer this question. And right now, uh, I think this is a fantasy. Um, Alvarez has already had the double knee surgery. He's already uh, on rehab already and recovering from that. And everything seems to be, and it was arthroscopic surgery too, so it wasn't as intrusive and major as a lot of people had uh, feared that it might be. And I will say this, that uh, a healthy 
Jordan Alvarez is a staggeringly good piece in a fantasy team. And we've seen enough of him and a minor league track record of him to know what kind of star he is when he is healthy. So if as long as those reports come out in the next you know few months, that's a big positive here. So I'm going to say it's a fantasy. A Rosarena is going to be very useful. And there might be some drafts where people love him and get real aggressive. But I would take Alvarez ahead of him as long as all the medicals are cleared. And right now... Uh, it seems like he is on that track. He's already in rehab, already post-op, so things are actually looking well, and the guy, apparently, all things are good right now. Yeah, I'll say fantasy, and I'll agree. I will say this. we If, if the Rays advance and this guy completely blows up the ALCS in the World Series, then it can change. And because, again, it goes from a bigger, a smaller sample to a bigger sample, I just couldn't really find a great comp for where a Rosarina would potentially go above or beyond. I was thinking Buxton at one point. Like, that's always a guy that has potential or not. But Alvarez, because he was hurt, was was just a shot in the dark there. But I'll just say it was a bad question. I'll just say fantasy also. I, I, th- I think uh, Alvarez probably will go higher than him. But let's see what happens in the next two weeks. Okay, finally, the vice presidential debates were last night. We don't do politics here on the show. We don't do politics here on Sports Grid. This is specifically about a fly. So there was a fly <laughs> on the head... Of, of the vice presidential uh, candidate, or presidential candidate and vice president Mike Pence on his head. A lot of people were talking about it. A lot of people were posting pictures of it on social media. This isn't about Vice President Pence. This is specifically about an insect or an animal, fantasy or reality. Joe, you've done a lot of shows from home in the past. Mm-hmm. Currently. Yes, you have had an insect or an animal disrupt <laughs> a broadcast. An insect or an animal <sighs> disrupt the broadcast. Fantasy reality. Yeah. Well, first of all, the memes going around are hilarious of this. So I just want to put that out there too. Also, uh, the answer to this is reality. Uh, if my children count as animals, and I'm sure everyone's children at some point in time do, especially when they were little, uh, when I would be doing radio, they would come in, daddy, daddy. Daddy, I need daddy, you know, and or who's screaming from the bathroom when they're five years old that they need to be wiped or something else going on. You're in the middle of a segment, but you can hear them. You can hear them down the hall yelling at the top of their lungs, even though they know that you are uh, on national radio, but they don't care. They don't care. They have needs. So uh, I'm going to say, yes, I've been interrupted by animals because uh, animals live in my house and I love them both dearly. Uh, No insects. I don't think ever I've had a show And I was in the theater world for a very long time where a lot of crazy things have happened to me, but I don't remember doing any, uh, any issues with insects or animals. Uh, Again, children and children's theater specifically, I could tell you lots of stories about that and interruptions from children's theater. But how about you, Craig, ever uh, an animal or an insect get in the way of uh, Craig Mish making sure that he delivers the sports? You know, it's really interesting because I saw that happen last night, and then I, I thought of this question today. And yet on yesterday's show, when we were doing the show yesterday, there has been this little tiny lizard gecko that's been in my <laughs> office probably for I don't know how many days, man. It's it's probably I, I just keep seeing it behind some of the things that I have, and I just haven't even taken <laughs> it out. And then yesterday, while we were doing it, it came out. And and it and it went on my desk, and then it went on the floor, and I kept looking down at it like this. And during the break, I took it and I moved it out. So, I mean, yeah, I guess I have been. I've been interrupted as soon as yesterday with with something like that happening. So, well, you live in answer, Florida, so you're you're just lucky that a Florida man is not in your garage that isn't you. That's what I'm saying. Go on a talk. That's coming up in the. Sports Grid sixty is next. 
Stay cool. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Five minutes away from first pitch between the Marlins and Braves as we get our sports underway here on this Thursday. People wanted action. They got plenty of it. We got tons of baseball today, football tonight, college and pro. And then tomorrow could be the final day of the NBA season. NBA season has been going on for 10 months, I think, at this point. But (laughs) we got a lot to get to here. And so uh, we'll do it all tomorrow here on the show. And I got some interviews to conduct. And so... The day just continues for me after this show, but it ends on this show right now with the Sports Grid 60. So, Joe, take us home, please. Oh, I have a love-hate relationship with Trevor Bauer, but my goodness, he's amusing sometimes on social media. He had a tweet yesterday that said, hmm, looks like the Yankees could use some pitching, huh? Interesting. Yes, it would be interesting. And yes, Trevor Bauer is not wrong for uh, kicking the tires on the New York Yankees because if they should lose to the Rays... There's no doubt about it. They will be in the market for some sort of answer. And maybe Trevor Bauer is that answer. Now, him and Garrett Cole did not get along very well in college, but last time I checked, hundreds of millions of dollars makes all that go away. So Trevor Bauer, Garrett Cole, same rotation in New York. Hmm, that should be a fun media circus. Sign me up. I'd love to see it. I think Bauer, it would be interesting to see if he ends up with either of the New York teams. The Mets is my pick, by the way, for you. (laughs) <laughs> Mets in 2020. 2021. Sorry, Mets there. Okay, so so how have we gotten here to this point? You may be asking, what do you mean, Craig? Here's what I mean. How have we gotten to first getting sick and tired of people who don't like fun in baseball to now being sick and tired of the people who are arguing about the people who don't like fun? We get it, okay? Yes, everyone should be having fun. But now we've gotten this to a new level where everyone complains about the people who complain about not having fun. And those people are annoying too. Can we just play baseball games? Like, I don't get it. Yes, we like fun. Yes, some people do not like fun. It's no longer a controversy at this point. Let the games play themselves out. You'll have fun sometimes. You won't have fun some other times. And we can just enjoy good games. Have we really deteriorated that far to being mad at the people that are being mad at the people who are being mad for doing the things that you're supposed to get mad for? I don't even know if that made any sense. That's a good way to end the show. Thanks again to Danny Olk, who's really out today, getting some extra stuff in the program today with the pitchers. Thanks again to Brett Levy. My co-host Joe Pizzapia. I'm Craig Mitt. We'll talk to you tomorrow at noon. See ya. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.